And we are back at the square. It is a two-man operation today. It's Re. Running on two wheels. We're a motorcycle. That's right. It's Snake. That's right. And motorcycles are badass. And uh, I got a little announcement to make. Re pointed this out when he came into the snake pit. I have uh, baseball cards. He does. Yes. You are, let's see. Ryan here is a um, <laughs> designated hitter. <laughs> because no. because I can't run the bases, folks, or or field the ball. Let's face it. Well, no, he's a big slugger. He knocks it out of the park oh, every time. I thought you were going to say something else. Big slugger. That's me. You're the big slugger. I wish they had. I wish they had some statistics on here. What would be What would be your statistics on your your uh, baseball card here, Ryan? Uh, uh, most whiskey ever drunk in one night. Oh, mm-hmm. Mo- oh yeah. most packages of Oreos ever eaten in one sitting. Mm. And most I've ever benched. Oh, that that's those are good statistics. Bench squat and deadlift, baby. Mm. That's what I'm all about. The big three. Mm. Yeah, I, I think on mine it'd be like most times almost kicked out of a bar, but mm-hmm. not. I'm good at like sometimes being a jerk. Not so much anymore in my you know, my older years, but when we, I was in we my, all, we all grow when I was in my twenties, I was a bit of an asshole. And so I would, I would get under people's skin, you know, and I would almost get into fights at bars. And then mm-hmm. I would like realize I, I could diffuse it. So now I've used my powers for good. Yeah. You got to use your powers for good. But, uh, but time's almost kicked out of, you a know, bar. I, I'm going to allude to something today. Speaking of that, the time that Jim and I used our powers for good and saved the Elmwood, uh, fashion show. Is that right? Yeah, we I, we told was you this story. It, well, tell it again. No, I got to wait for Diamond Jim. Oh, he's not here today. But just alluding to that story, or we will talk about that in the future. Well, we have our own square pod uh, mythology around here. You know, we we we've lived lives, we've done things mm-hmm. before this podcast that maybe we'll share with you one day. Mm-hmm. But we got some housekeeping, though. We got some uh, keep the house right. Yeah, we mentioned a few weeks ago we're going to transfer our podcast service over to ACAST, and I'll be doing that in the next couple of weeks again. I will let everyone know on social media when the event happens. Um, it should be pretty seamless to our listeners. And then, of course, we'll be adding exclusive content on Patreon, of course, keeping the news of the week and our interviews with local people free, but uh, just adding additional content, a little more free form. Yeah, really to kind of show off um, our more eclectic side, you know, we we love the news. We love to yell about it, get mad about it. It's just, it makes our fucking hearts uh, sing. But we have other interests. We like music, movies, books, local flavor that's not the news. Um, wrestling is another one topic. We are talking about some stuff before the podcast uh, Ryan might have. Jim certainly has his... Uh, Piccadillos. We mm-hmm. have things that we like that we want to talk about, and they're just not uh, necessarily confined to the structures of the episode that we're doing. Yeah. So if you really, really like us and you want to hear us talk, not just about the news, um, subscribe to us on Patreon at The Square Podcast, and you will get that sweet, sweet premium extra content. Coming up. Coming up uh, this fall. Yes. Hot and fresh. Now, now I wasn't here last week, as, as our listeners know. But I do want to comment on the on the tragedy, the, the Salman Rushdie tragedy. I grew up in the area in Chautauqua. It's always a place for the arts, for peace, for you know sharing ideas and you know, freedom of thought, right? And this that, that the whole event just saddened me. I can't believe it happened to that to that guy at this point. I thought the whole fat with thing was over. 
Uh, my God, what the fuck? Now I thought that was old news. I thought like Iran was over it. Now what if? Now here's a theory that I'm floating. Okay. What if? Because you're right. Like the whole satanic versus thing, you know, is like 30 plus years ago. Right. Who's gonna really remember? That also shit? read the books. It's a great book. Salman Rushdie, excellent author. I've never read the books mm-hmm. because I, I I cannot read. <laughs> I just learned. But I, I, if you got me a satanic versus picture book, we, we might be cooking with gasoline here. Mm-hmm. But I will say that what if this person was not mad about the satanic verses, but instead was, a, was an ardent Padma Lakshmi fan? Mm-hmm. What, if, what if he's like, you know, Salman Rushdie, you have outkicked your coverage for too long. I'm moving in. I'm going to take you out. I don't know. Hard yeah. to say. It's hard to say. It's crazy world. Either way, it's a terrible reason to do that to a person. Uh, that's true. But at least I would understand it a little bit more than uh, fanaticism. But thank you for weighing in uh, their snake. And this week, we are off to a roaring start with the racist party. <laughs> the racist party. We're in blackface. Are we talking about the Republican Party or oh. or an actual event that happened? Well, we are continuing. You weren't here for this discussion, oh, so you right. get to weigh oh. in on your side, okay. your t- snake's take on the black. I, I did. I did weigh in by proxy with all my terrible party ideas. That's true, mm-hmm. but no. In case you missed it, the uh, the Nicosias, I believe, is the name yeah. of the chuckleheads who Something were like holding this party out in Rochester. They held a press conference about how you know we're. Regret to inform you that we are racist. Um, I think the husband said my wife was the racist one or something. It was all very strange. And I don't understand how these people can show their face in public, uh, let alone have a press conference about it. But they did. And um, on the other side of all this is one, Nate Murray. Oh, is this a Nate watch? This is this somehow became a Nate Watch story okay. because right. Nate is representing the gentlemen who were forced to attend the racist party. I see. And uh, Nate tweeted as he as he is wont to do. Nate tweeted that uh, let me let me pull up the tape because mm-hmm. you know I I would hate to misrepresent uh, Mr. McMurray, but our boy our boy Nate McMurray tweeted out today. After continued requests from the media, I feel it necessary to give a more formal comment. The Nicosias verified everything in our complaint. In addition, they verified that they operate a racist Twitter account. We will use their press conference as evidence going forward. So Nate, from, from me to you, Get their asses. Mm-hmm. My guess is that Nate is very pro-furry party, but very anti-racist party. You think Nate would be down with the furry party? Why not? I feel like he's open-minded enough. You know, I, I won't comment on whether or not he would like that party, but I again, I will reiterate that the furry party, it's just too high variance. Either you want it, you want to be at the furry party, or you really Really, really don't want to be at the furry party. Can I explain my hate of the disco party? Like the world's biggest disco. World's largest disco. Oh, whatever. The, the, okay. 
I went there once and I'll never go again. I went there and I had, and, 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 and I went to a thrift store and they jack up the prices right before because they know everybody's wanting that thrift store uh, swag for the biggest disco, largest disco. Okay, I couldn't pay that much. So I just find some clothes in the closet that, that kind of look like they're from the 70s, right? And uh, I go there, and there's and, and there's this big buffet beforehand. Everyone, like, gorges and eats cheese. And they get up there, smells like old-ass, grimy, dusty, moldy, goddamn thrift store clothes. And because uh, all they ate beforehand, it's like everyone's busting ass. So it was like a combination of that, and everyone's sweating. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this, this fucking sucks. I just stood there the entire time, and, like, well, I got away from my friends, you know, I guess. They, they have their fun, and I'm just sitting there drinking a beer, which is, you know, really a lot like all the dances I went to in high school. That's why I hate the largest disco. Well, I've been to the disco a few times, and of note, they have it, one, they they have it in the Buffalo Convention Center. Oh, sure. Which Mm -hmm. is already, you know, kind of a knock against it. But two, in the convention hall where they have it, and this is the fucking craziest thing to me, is that they have a row of porta-potties indoors. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Like a fucking row, like stretches of just shitters mm-hmm. indoors, mm-hmm. right near the dance floor. And then you, and, and, and there's a row of shitters and you play Duck, Duck, Goose. And if the door opens and it's David Cassidy, then you win the prize. You win the prize. Yes. If, uh, you know, Ralph Malf comes out of there. <laughs> I'm sorry. You lost. Yeah. You, you lose. That's, you got, you got to hand over all your cocaine to Ralph Malf. That's the whammy. <laughs> That's the dud oh. behind uh, door number door number three or whatever. You just got Ralphed. You just got Ralphed. Yes, but uh, no, listen, this this whole fucking imbruglio, this is my, I got my little word of the day calendar, that one came nice. up. Nice, I'll have to look that You up. like that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this whole fucking thing about, like, it's so, it's so bananas. Like, it's, I only believe it because, like, I think it's so, like, I, it defies logic. I think that's why I believe it, because I I am firmly of the belief that there is like a level of racism in Buffalo, Western New York, Rochester, like our vortex here that is perhaps unrivaled even by the most bananas fucking racist people uh, throughout the rest of the country, including like, you know, obviously the, the South gets shit on for good reason. But no, this is weird old money shit. Right. It, it is fucked. The only thing that rivals this for me is like the shit you see out of St. Louis, out, out of Missouri. Y- y- are you familiar with this, Snake? What, what what in particular? There is a whole underground like celebration that they have every year where, oh God, what the fuck is the name of it? It's like some, you know, it's it's similar to the Klan where it's like something like the, the Cyclops or the whatever. Um, Makes me sick. Uh, I'll never be able to find it. If, if somebody who is listening knows what I'm referring to, that it's some weird celebration in St. Louis that there's like the leader of the party is like this masked person and there's like debutantes and bell of the ball and, but it's all racist. It's all very racist. It reminds me of that. Um, like you said, it's old money, weird fucking just yeah. celebrations of being white and Ugh. Ugh. It's disgusting. Definitely a party of people that you, anyone listening to this, unless you're one of those people, you will never be able to relate to these people ever. And you certainly most likely will not be welcome at their parties. Oh, definitely not. Unless like you're, you know. Well, there's some kind of sideshow. 
Right, right. Well, that's what I'm wondering about this. I'm wondering if they specifically invited the gentlemen, the firefighters, who, you know, one of whom was black. I think it was a, it was a big dick move. They were big dick in them for sure. Right, like as a sideshow. Oh, yes. Um, good on them for being like, fuck you. Yeah, I will absolutely. Not let myself become uh, your entertainment for your weird fucking cabal of people here but yeah we'll we'll keep an eye on it i mean i don't know where this is gonna go i don't know how deep this goes i don't want to get all um you know charlie kelly or serpico here i don't know how deep this whole thing goes it might it might go pretty fucking deep rochester's weird as hell even in our region but i we've got a whole racist party board up here thumbtacks and everything yes we're going nuts we we are going nuts well hey Speaking of, <laughs> you already made the Republican Party joke earlier. I won't, I won't step on your toes. Speaking of. Speaking of. No, today, Snake, it's primary day. It's yes. primary day. It's the day you got to vote against the, the, the guy or gal you didn't like. That's right. Or for somebody. That's not really what you do anymore. This didn't really feel like a for somebody year, did it? Mm, not really. Like, unless... Unless you're in Carl country, and it's a big country, it it didn't really feel like uh, people in general, both Republican and Democrat, didn't really feel today like they were voting uh, for somebody in particular. It was more, do you want to vote against somebody? Snake, tell me, who did you vote against today? Who did I vote against? I don't want to disclose that. You don't want to. You don't want to disclose who you voted against. All right. Yeah. Who do, who do you think the people in your district would have voted against today? Or would they vote for somebody? Are you, no, are you, I, th- I think, uh, speaking of the Democratic primary, I think the, the incumbents won. You think the incumbents won? Yeah. Okay. So, now your district, if I'm not mistaken, uh, one Sean Ryan yep. is the state senator. Yep. Running for state senate and in the primary. Brian Higgins on the other side. And, and Brian yeah. Higgins on so, the other so, side. So, yeah, it was... It was um, Ben Carlisle against Sean Ryan on the on the state senator side, mm-hmm. and then uh, congressman side, you had Brian Higgins and and Eddie Agrio. Okay, so I was number six this morning. You were up in. Up I was in up. Adam, I was up. Early bird gets the worm. They're going to double count your vote for that. Mm-hmm. It could have been the afternoon based on the turnout, mm. but it wasn't. Well, yes, we of course here at the Square Podcast we just so happened to have a political bent we we talk about these things sometimes don't we rye yeah it's our it's our sickness it's our sickness it's our disease of the brain we're, we're buying into the politics of sports thing absolutely oh we've been we've yeah. been buying into the politics of sports why do you think we go into the finance mm-hmm. reports it's like the fantasy football scouting reports for us yeah all right we love it it's just we're sick in the head but but this is, you know, this is game day for us, baby. This is one of our game days. So, yes, Sean Ryan against Sen Ben. No longer Mayor Ben. He is Sen Ben. He is Sen Ben for Buffalo. The old school Democrat. The uh, common sense Democrat, as he liked to bill himself. And in the twilight hours of this primary election, spent what I believe to be a fair amount of money boosting himself on social media in advertisements. He had that television advertisement come out. I don't know if it played on TV at all. Cause I don't, I don't have cable. No, neither do I. 
I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you played on cable. I do wonder where this influx of cash came from. Uh, we famously looked at his campaign finance reports and saw it. Uh, last yep. filing was 666. It, yeah. Uh, $666, of course, not $666,000. But no, he didn't have that much money in his finance uh, or with his filings last time. So I do wonder where all the the boosted post money came from and, you know, the the television advertisement. Well, Diamond Jim says that Bob Joya gave uh, Carlisle 500 bucks. So I wonder what that's all about. Yeah, I wonder what that's all about, too. That's still not we'll, enough. We'll have Diamond Jim speak about that next time. Sure. It's still not enough to explain to me how he got all of this uh, SEO, right? Is that yeah. you're, you're the tech guy, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's a big bucket, though, right? I'm not an SEO person. It's more marketing. Yeah, but you're closer to a tech guy than I am. Yeah. Even remotely. Okay. So, so those Instagram and the Facebook ads that those people pay for. Yeah. They can't be cheap, right? Uh, cheaper than a TV ad or a mailer. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe, maybe send Ben, uh, will do this on the cheap, you know, and he'll, he'll make it happen with very little money, but no, he, uh, he, he definitely put out the, uh, Ben Carlisle charm offensive mm-hmm. and, um, you know, common sense Carlisle, man. Well, who's our pick? Our pick is, I'm picking Sean Ryan and Brian. I'm, pick, I'm picking the incumbents. You're, you're talking about our actual picks. Yeah, yeah, our of course, actual pick. Of course we're picking Sean Ryan and, yeah. and Brian Higgins. Now, moving on over to one Eamon Eddie Egru. Uh-huh. We talked last week, Brian, yeah, yeah. About, uh, about Fast Eddie and his in- incredible mailers. Great mailers. The man, the, the man has great. an eye. Big emphasis on the water. He has an he has an eye for it. he he has an eye for a design. He has a passion for it. These things look gorgeous. Now the actual copy, the text of them, I mean, it's incomprehensible, and it's you know walls of text clearly written by the candidate. But whoever's designing a man, I I love him. And you're right, the water. The man loves water. He loves drinking water. He uh he's a big water guy. He would he would do well, you know, in the um, uh in the Mad Max universe. Oh, you know, he would, he would fight fucking Imperator Joe. I would, yeah, I would stand by Eddie. I I was thinking Atlantis. Atlantis. Mm -hmm. Which from what I hear is in Lake Erie. Is that right? It sounds good to me. All right. New square podcast theory. Atlantis is in Lake Erie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to add that to the mythology board. Uh, You know, we, we have, uh, we have a whole list of like things that are interconnected. We're like going to become like the MCU yeah, of, I, of Buffalo. Yeah. Project. I watch the history channel. Yes. Eddie grew back to, back to our boy, Eddie. He has cornered the market on being the water guy and he wants to have clean drinking water. And you know, can we call him the water boy? The water. Oh, I feel weird calling an adult male boy, but um, sure. Yeah. The water okay, boy. All right. The water guy, the water man. It doesn't roll off the tongue quite as well. Well, Eddie Egru probably is going to get spanked by Brian Higgins. But as we said last week, good on him, man. He'd been trying to get on a freaking ballot for over a decade. Finally did it. He finally did it. He spent a ton of money, which, as we've pointed out, we really don't know where all this money came for Eddie Egru to fight these legal challenges over the years and uh, pay for these 
gorgeous mailers and again go on the Eddie Egru offensive here. I do wonder, I mean, even as we track the finances here, I I do wonder about the uh, the quote unquote dark money out there. Mm. Not to get too conspiratorial. Well, it's kind of what we do here. That's true. We are. We do a little bit of that. We are pretty conspiratorial. And why not? You're thinking it. I'm thinking it. Where the fuck is he getting all this money from? Where is he? We're just asking the question. We're just asking the questions. And maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. Because people just fucking ignore these campaign finding, uh, campaign finance filings. They have no repercussions or hardly any on these elections. Certainly, there's nobody really to come in and slap your hand unless you're Carl Palladino. Oh. Yes. Carl Palladino was recently the subject of a business insider article about his finances that basically said that he no kidding may have been withholding uh you know some some finances here uh so much so that it caused him to disclose some interesting interesting finances uh, personal finances i should say uh i'm gonna pull up uh, rob galbraith like retweeted this the other day so that's where i gotta find it but the one that jumped out to me let's see where is it about the fucking GameStop? Maybe it's in our, dis- our by the way, uh, shout out to the Discord, of course, our friends there that always keep us honest and provide us with all the, the news. But no, Carl Palladino is a, uh, he might be a Reddit guy, right? He Carl, might, Carl? He, Carl might be, okay, oh. I just got the business. He's, he's a meme stalker, right? Yes. So, article in Business Insider. New York congressional candidate Carl Palladino revealed his personal finances after Insider Insider reported that he was violating a federal law. Whoops. Yes. GOP congressional candidate Carl Palladino finally, finally revealed his finances. Uh, The article says... Republican congressional candidate Carl Palladino, a real estate executive who's running to represent New York's 23rd congressional district, finally disclosed one and a half years worth of his personal financial activity following an insider report that he was violating federal law for a lack of disclosure. Can't do that, Carl. You got to you got to disclose something. You know, it's yeah. not it's not these silly little state races where you can be like Eddie. Ed, well, I guess it's a congressional race but nobody gives a shit about eddie Egru, so they're not going to go after him but it's not like your little state race here where send ben we don't really know where he's getting this instagram money they want to know because carl's a, a big fish all right so the certified disclosure which paladino submitted to the u.s house of representatives on august 19th and that congressional officials made public today reveals that paladino owns more than 70 rental properties varying in value with one worth as much as 25 million. A rental property worth $25 million. God damn, Carl. In addition to his real estate investments, Paladinos also invested in several stocks, including Tesla. Jeez. Vaccine maker, Moderna and GameStop. And wait, here's the kicker. He's also invested up to $50,000 in a Bitcoin trust. Oh, that couldn't have gone well for him this year. Diamond hands, Carl. <laughs> Diamond hands, Carl. To the moon. 
Hoddle. Hoddle? Is that what those people say? Hodel. Hodel? Yeah. Oh, like like Hodor? Hold the door? Well, it's it's a acronym. Oh. Uh, what the hell does it stand for? I thought it was just a way for them to sound stupid. No, no. Misspell it, hold. No, it stands for hold on for dear life. Mm. Well, not working out so, so well for him right now. Mm. Okay. Carl's got an admirer, though. Secret admirer. Mar- cool. Marjorie. Oh. Taylor Green. Magic the Gathering Green. Yes. <laughs> yes. She, after after Carl disclosed that he is a, a Reddit guy, that he's a meme lord of stocks. Yes. Marjorie Taylor Green has come out in support of Carl Palladino. No surprise. No surprise there, really. I mean, you know. Oh, they're cut from the same cloth. They are very much cut from the same cloth. Um, what is a bit of a surprise is, and, and uh, you know, friend of the pod, Brian Nowak brought this up in, in the Discord, is what might have taken Marjorie Taylor Greene so long? Hmm. That's something you could chew on. Well, she ain't the brightest bulb in the box, right? So uh, maybe maybe news of this just came around to her. Could be, could be. It also, my theory is that this is like a de facto uh, Trump endorsement oh. and that Trump had to wait until late into the game to really make an endorsement to weigh in on this because and he really wants to pick the biggest asshole in the race because that's what he's all about oh for sure i mean he certainly wants to pick the biggest asshole in the race but remember so he had to reach out to his asshole network in order to you know behind the scenes endorse carl well through through mtg listen for whatever it's worth to you both carl and nick langworthy i would like to underscore are both assholes yes but who's the bigger asshole well, it is quite clear that Carl Palladino is, in fact, the bigger asshole, bar none. But, as Diamond Jim pointed out uh, a couple weeks ago, Nick Langworthy is the chair of the New York State Republican Party. And arguably, Nick Langworthy was really the one that helped Donald Trump quite a bit um, by glomming onto the Trump cause fairly, fairly early on back in, mm-hmm. in 2015, 2016. So... Trump did owe a debt of gratitude to Nick Langworthy in a lot of ways. So much so, I, I would argue that, you know, he held off from openly endorsing Carl Palladino. But now, I mean, you know Trump. He's got to pick a winner. He's got to. He's got to pick a winner. And Especially in his former home state. Yeah. Nick Langworthy, you're a loser. Oh, uh, here we go. You're a loser, okay? You're a loser. He's not going to pick a loser. He's, you know. But he did not have an open endorsement, and Trump famously had, did the thing. We've talked about it. I don't where, know, Re, uh, You know, Jim and I are skeptical about the whole Carl thing. You know, we're, we can't use lawn signs as a, as a metric here, but you get a little bit outside, like, the city, and it's, it's Langworthy signs. I think it's going to be closer than people think. Well, I'm, I, I am lean Langworthy. Well, listener, you are in the future. By the time you get this, you will know what happened. That's right. So you will have but, that dramatic irony. And 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 yes, you. I will be either a complete wrong asshole, or I'll be you know coming out looking like a million bucks. Because listen, Carl supporters, you know they're the loudest of the bunch. But are they actually going to show up on primary day? Do they even remember it's primary day today? Maybe not. Langworthy, bunch of party insiders, they will come out to vote for him. Well, remember I, remember I said this doesn't feel like a year to me that people are coming out in support, but rather voting against. Okay. 
the people, there's a lot of people that fucking hate Nick Langworthy. Yeah. They don't really yeah. care for him. Yeah. Um, so we'll see who's right. And listener, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong, by the way. Not mm. that I have any love for Nick Langworthy or even think that, like, he'd be in any way, shape, or form better. But I'd prefer not to have Carl Palladino represent anybody here in Western New York any more than he already does, let alone in the United States Congress. So we will keep an eye on all of that. But we've got to talk about, you like freedom? I, I enjoy Thank freedom, yes. You like freedom. Do you, do you enjoy freedom of information? I, I, I do like that. I like to know what's going on. Okay. So you like freedom. You like, you, I assume you like information. Yeah. You like freedom of information. Sure. I, I would have to, it stands to reason that you would like the Freedom of Information Act and, and the ability for citizens to go to their government and say, hey, uh, I am requesting some information from you. Because mm -hmm. it should be free. Yeah, there's FOIA and there's FOIL. FOIL is state level, right? Oh, yeah. It's a whole yep. thing. Yep. It's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. However, you might not like those things so much if you were the Buffalo Police Benevolent Association. Yeah, I wouldn't think you'd like that. They don't like it. They do not like uh, freedom. They do not like information based on... Uh, I'm not... You know, I'm just saying based on what we got going on here in this lawsuit from our friends at the Investigative Post. Uh Police union pressing to suppress records, contending its contract should supersede state law. PBA wants a judge to require the city to expunge complaints filed against officers that didn't result in a finding of wrongdoing by Jeff Kelly, a friend of the pod, very, very much friend of the pod here. So the article continues here, Snake. Buffalo's police union is mm -hmm. making headway in its efforts to put a lid on the release of officers' disciplinary records. Last Friday, lawyers for the Buffalo Police Benevolent Association filed a lawsuit against the city of Buffalo, asking a judge to order the city to honor an arbitrator's decision curtailing the public's right to learn about allegations of police misconduct. If successful, the lawsuit would require the city to destroy all records of, of a misconduct complaint against an officer unless the department's internal affairs division finds the officer guilty. That would eliminate records of almost all complaints and the investigations into them because internal affairs hardly ever finds officers guilty. How do we feel about this? Let's just hit the pause button. Yeah, I don't know about that. Well, for, for reference here, a 2017 investigative post analysis found 97% of excessive force complaints that were investigated by internal affairs ended in findings of, quote, not sustained, meaning investigators claimed they didn't have enough evidence to determine guilt or innocence. So if you're keeping track at home, and, and perhaps you are, you can make a complaint against the BPD and they want to say, nah, it's like it never happened. They want to disappear it because they didn't find it guilty, which, again, eh, they hardly ever fucking do. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't seem right. I mean, to me, I, I think that uh, you, if you and me, like Joe Schmo in a workplace somewhere, if somebody makes a complaint against you, and even if nothing comes of it, they, they still document it. They still keep track of it. Hell, 
I would love to have that if if I was not in the wrong. I would like to have that documented. Yeah, sure. Why not? I I would like I would like to so, have. It sounds like a, a bunch of people with a guilty conscience. Right. I I would like to have that on record as in no, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, I I was completely scot free here, and yet. It's the fox watching the chicken coop when it comes to internal affairs. Gary Connors, uh, who won a $600,000 judgment against the city over the 2009 shooting death of his son, told Investigative Post for that story. Uh, In June 2020, in response to protests in the wake of the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis, the New York State Legislature repealed Section 50A of the state's civil service law, which had barred the release of police and fire disciplinary records for more than 40 years. Journalists, attorneys, good government groups, and watchdog organizations responded by flooding police departments across the state with freedom of information requests for personnel records. Many police unions, including Buffalo's, fought back through lawsuits and contractual grievances. Um, Investigative Post joined a host of media, blah, 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 in opposition to the Buffalo PBA suit. The PBA won a brief stay on the release of disciplinary records from a state court judge, but ultimately lost. So they've been fighting this for a long time, ever since like day one. Um, They've been going after this repeal of 50A and... I mean, I get it on a certain level. You know, I, I understand that people are entitled to their privacy. I think that there is a measure of that, but we're not talking about like, I don't know, John Smith at, you know, the yeah, no, the Dickhead Corporation. It's, not, it's a public entity. It's not it's privacy. No. Well, it's a public entity that is funded by your taxpayer dollars. Right. And so I think we have a right to know at least what kind of complaints are coming against the police. Yes. And I also think that the um, Buffalo police trying to supersede state law, not a great look. No, not great. Not great. So we'll keep an eye on that again. Not that they care. I know, I know more of our, I know our listeners may be more of a, have an anti-police bent. I think that's fair to say. Is that, is that, is that a fair judgment? Uh, I think so. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not as hard in that lane as perhaps some of our listeners or even fellow co-hosts. But something like this is ridiculous to me, that you want to cover up the fucking, your complaints, your state, you know, you, you want to say that the state law doesn't apply to you because you're some kind of entity beyond that. Like, no, it's, it's garbage. You nope, are, shut it down. You're, you're a civil servant. Like any other fucking department, you should be able to FOIL requests and get information about the complaints. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, also, hey, we're still talking about the investigative post, and mm-hmm. you should you should read them. Big win for iPost. You here. should Big subscribe win. to them because subscribe because they do a lot of good work because they fight for your information or your right to have access to the information, and sometimes it uh, it ends up getting them some heat, and they've been in some heat now for five years. They're fighting a good fight against. Greenleaf Development. <laughs> These fine folks at Greenleaf Development, a libel lawsuit that was brought against uh, the Investigative Post and, and reporter Dan Telbach. So this has been a saga of fucking strangeness. James Sweezy and his Greenleaf Development, uh, they lost. Spoiler, they lost to the case. 
Losers. Losers. State Supreme Court, a state Supreme Court judges dismissed a libel lawsuit. Uh, yep. State Supreme Court Judge Mark Montour also ruled developer James Sweezy, Jimmy Sweezy, and his company, Greenleaf Development and Construction, failed to prove Telvox story published in 2017, contained any false information and dismissed a related, quote, injurious falsehood claim. The 2017 report documented how officials at SUNY Buffalo State failed to follow usual procurement rules in dealing with Greenleaf regarding construction of student housing adjacent to the Elmwood Avenue campus. The story also reported that Sweezy gave a college college official a set of golf drivers and had made donations to the school's foundation during the period the deal was negotiated. In his ruling, Montour not only dismissed Sweezy and Greenleaf's claims, but also applied New York's anti-slap law. Uh, the law mandates an award of attorney's fees and costs when a judge determines a lawsuit is without a substantial factual or legal basis. So what's going on here in fucking plain English is that Jimmy Sweezy and Greenleaf were basically trying to silence the investigative post and, and Dan Telvok um, for reporting on what sounds like some pretty fucking shady practices mm-hmm. in order to secure a uh, development deal. And they were probably thinking that they could sue them into the ground and make this disappear and go away. And good on the investigative post and good on Telvok for fighting back against it. Yep. Like it's, it's ridiculous. You know, this is the kind of thing where um, it has that chilling effect. It, it has that effect of, we don't want to talk. We don't want to report on things. We don't want to talk about things because we don't want to offend the rich and the powerful because they will, you know, try to browbeat us into submission. Yeah, so fuck them. With, with their funds here. So this is a, you know, this is a rare win for the little guy and for, uh, for media and for, you know. It's one for the good guys. It's, it's one for the good guys. Now, they had to go through it for fucking five years. I'm sure. Since 2017. I mean, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, you know, having to deal with the legal system and, uh, you know, the power of big money coming down on you, but still they won. So good on them. Good on the I post. We'll, uh, we'll continue if any, any updates come of that snake. Yeah. We'll, we'll round this out. One, this with, uh, you know, uh, Clyder workers, CWA, uh, you know, they're, they're in negotiations right now. There may be a looming strike. It looks like, you know, another short staffing issue like there was with, with Catholic health. Right. So, you know, I just want to say we support those workers and whatever they do. Hopefully they come to some sort of agreement and, and actually, you know, hire, hire ample staff for what they need to do to keep people healthy in this area. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how this is just a, a, a common reoccurring problem for these healthcare providers. They just can't find yeah, enough well, people to if, work. Well, if only there were a, a better solution for healthcare in America. They just can't find the people to yeah. work. And and for some reason, these nurses who are, by the way, tasked with saving your life or, you know, maybe your kid's life if he's got on some, sure you know, ATV doing backflips or something and breaks his fucking neck and the nurse at the hospital is the only one who can save him. You know, like we have Labor Day coming up. I mean, it's the summertime. People do silly things. But my point here is that it always just seems to be the nurses that they can't find the money for mm-hmm. the administrators. Well, geez, oh, no problem. Mm-hmm. But when it comes time to pony up for nurses, gee whiz, just got to make do. So that is 
I think that's a good way, a good place to cut it off. I there, think right? so. Again, this is the Square Podcast. Why do we call it the Square? I don't know. It sounded like a good name. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, we have a whole thing about it, but we uh, like shapes. Why? Why? Yeah, we could have been the Triangle Podcast. We could have been the uh, Parallelogram Podcast. We're named after a place that's a circle that's named Square. Oh, so we squared the circle. I guess so. Well, thanks for joining us. We were supposed to have a guest this week. Uh, they were not able to join. But we will try to get them on again because they are a very cool person. You're lucky you had us. Yeah, you people are lucky to have us. See you later.